Hi everyone, it's Peter Westerby again here with Dave Andrews for our second episode on um, a conversation with Dave Andrews, a community worker as shared in the last episode of over 20 books and big journeys from West End, Afghanistan, India, back to West End. Now, Dave, it's great to be here again on Jagada country, tourable country. I, I think we've titled this episode like vocational and professional community development. And I really want us to have a conversation about your, your framework or thoughts about vocational. Um, but I, I want us to, to kind of riff off the end of the last episode because when I think of our journey together, I, I met you in 86, as we said, and you, you invited a number of us to come and live in West End and, and be a part of that journey. And I spent seven, eight years of my life here um, in community work as a citizen, you know, and I remember the very simple framework of the Waiters Union, which was an, an intentional network, well, this is my recollection, intentional network to build community in our households with those we live with, with our neighbours on the street and with a marginal group in the neighbourhood. And my journey started with refugee groups particularly. And, and so that, for me, I think the crucible of my unravelling as a young man and learning about community was in the household. And, you know, you finished the last episode talking about coming back to the house, the family, you, your journey with Ange, you know, and this is a key part of your community. You don't separate like, your community work in the neighbourhood and now it is in your household um, with the love of your partner. And, and so I guess, you know, for professional community workers or people studying community work, they, they wouldn't hear stuff like that, I don't think. That what you do at home and in your house matters. And, I, and I'm just wondering, like, um, yeah, how, how do you put this world of professional community development practice together with this deep commitment to what we might call a vocational community practice? Or maybe tell us what you mean by those two things. So let's start with vocation. Um, vocation is about calling. And um, I believe that we're all called to community, to a way of being together that's safe, accepting, respectful, supportive, inclusive um, and empowering. Um, and... For me, I'm not so committed to a community as I'm committed to community, a way of uh, um, being true to that in whatever context in which I find myself. Yeah, yeah. In fact, in every context in which I find myself. So community as an attitude, a way of being, a And a way of doing. Yeah. Yeah, but all of those. So, so uh, the wonderful thing for me is that my wife Ange and I have shared that sense of vocation. And we've had a view that we should live this out starting in our family, nuclear family, extended family, then with neighbours and strangers and even 
those uh, that might be seen as our enemies or see themselves as our enemies. Yeah. So, uh, so, but we believe that there are concentric rings mm. of care and we need to be consistent in our caring at every uh, level yeah. of yeah. engagement. And for me, integrity is about actually being consistent at all those levels of care. Now, uh, those of us that have been trained uh, in the profession of community work often find uh, ourselves in contexts where the emphasis has been on our, uh, our, our profession, our competence, our, our, roles. our roles, our status, our programs. And it's very easy for care uh, to be um, displaced mm. in that context. Yeah. Yeah. And um, there's many studies that talk about how people feel, uh, even though they're helped by community workers, they're dehumanised in the process because they don't feel cared for. Um, and I, the challenge for me is to constantly be in touch with this sense of vocation, this calling um, to, uh, to, to care for people and to uh, use whatever competence I have in, my, in terms of my knowledge and skills is not to sell those to the highest bidder as a mercenary, but to act as an amateur. Amateur means love. For the love of it. For the love of uh, myself and them, our relationship, the way that we are uh, to be. And so... Uh, the first thing that's really important to me is I think we need to reframe our profession in terms of uh, in terms of an idea of vocational professional. Yeah. So, so you talk about that vocational so, professional. Yeah. So our vocation is primary, our profession is secondary. Yeah, that's clear. And when we begin to reframe our profession in terms of vocation, there are three things that I think are really important. The first is that we seek to be amateur professionals, yeah. that we're animated by love uh, for our neighbours as ourselves, that that's the cardinal rule of community work. Yeah. You know, the rest is detail. We have to love others as we love ourselves and to find ways of doing that in the way that we work with those concentric rings yeah. of engagement. The second thing that I think we need to be is uh, what I call um, radical uh, um, uh, professionals, yeah. Uh, the research tends to show, tends to show that uh, community workers uh, usually place the priority of, of, uh, on, on their profession. Or the organisation. Then on their institution. Yeah. And last but least, on the people they call their clients that they profess to serve. Hmm. And so over and over again, this commitment to care gets displaced. And what I'm saying is to be radical is to actually practice what we preach and say, we profess to serve these people. Yeah. Let's do it. Let's, let's not just have it as a mission statement. Yes. Let's actually make sure our practice actually puts the people we're working with at the centre of, of our it. practice. Yeah. And so any design or practice should work around the people. Yeah, nothing... Yeah. Uh, about them without them. Yeah. They've got to be central yeah. um, to uh, our processes and structures. The third thing that I think is really important is what I call revolutionary um, um, professionals, that we need to be revolutionary. The, the research by people like Chambers show 
that community workers tend to put uh, the people they work with first, uh, 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 rich people, uh, because they can pay. Mm. <laughs> and, the, and, and the poor last, because they can't pay. Or, or, or they, people or, who are most difficult or manifest difficult behaviour. They tend to be put last. Yeah. We like to work with nice middle class people, you know, equipping them around neurosis rather than work with people who's, uh, who are, you know, really um, uh, lower class people that struggle with psychosis. I mean, that's, that's a hard gig. Mm-hmm. I mean, just this week we've had a person we've been supporting who just cut her own throat. Mm-hmm. I mean, to be immersed with people... Uh, who live with that level of pain, um, who lives in our street and we've yes. been supporting for years, is, is painful. Yeah. I mean, that, that's why we, we tend to put, when we look at our, who we commit to first and last, we, we commit ourselves to projects rather than people, projects that keep us at a safe distance from the people who are difficult to relate to. So we want to work in offices, not in the field. We want to work from nine to five, not uh, 24 hours. A day being available to people. It's unsafe for our workers to go into a caravan park. Where yeah, that's which right. Is, you know, become right. a residential. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, I can remember catching a bus uh, with somebody uh, who is a community worker, and um, and and they'd just been doing some support work in, in one of the hostels here, and one of the people from the hostels was on the on the bus, and they wouldn't even talk to them. They said, "No, I'm, a, you know, I've finished. I've finished at five <laughs> yeah. o'clock." Yeah. So you, yeah, so you're really. It's quite a provocation for yeah. some of our, our, our listeners. Yeah. So, oh, well, my, my wife uh, actually went once uh, with, to do some work with a refugee, had real issues. She needed a, a, a professional to come, uh, who spoke the language, to come with her with the, the refugee woman. They went through this really traumatic time at the at the doctors. On the way home, my wife said, um, oh, "Our friend here needs a lift, and you're." you're uh, passing her area on the way home. And she said, it's not in my job description. And my wife said, instinctively, when did you sign away your responsibility to be a human being? Mm. You've just heard their trauma. They're from your own culture. They're from your own country. Yeah. Well, you can give them a lift on the way home. So the challenge for me is to say, as community workers uh, who want to develop this way of life, of being and doing things with people, and safe and accepting and respectful and empowering. We need to deprofessionalize and reprofessionalize our work so that we are committed to being amateur professionals, radical professionals and revolutionary professionals, amateurs who work with people because of love for them, uh, radical professionals who make the people a priority in practice and revolutionary professionals who put the first last and the f- last first. So we, we actually are committed to those people whose lives are really difficult and, and fraught and who identifying with uh, uh, means that their trauma becomes ours and we are called to enter into a struggle for love and justice uh, in, uh, with, in hard places. Yeah. Can I, can I just push this, like, the last few minutes that we've got? And, and I'm one of the people I've been dialogue with occasionally is a, a Mexican in his 80-year-old, he's an 80-year-old, Gustavo Estela, and he's a beautiful practitioner, and he's written on deprofessionalizing, and he, he, writes, he writes this quite provocative 
piece where he said, you know, when I was a child living in a slum in Mexico City, the only thing I knew I needed to do was take a shit each day. But then gradually, you know, we learned through the professionals that we had lots of needs that they could then service. And, and, he's ref- you know, and then he's reflected how, you know, his identity as a human being over 30, 40 years became very professionalised, you know, as I would. You know, my identity is very linked to, I mean, I'm not a member of a professional association, but an identity that's about our colleagues, our comrades, the people we gather with. And I, I grapple with how do we deprofessionalize? How do we let go of thinking through the concepts and the ways that we, we have learned to think? And we work in institutions or organizations, even the beautiful ones. And I work in a hospice that's only five year old. And as a community development practitioner, it's a beautiful place. But there's increasing compliance, regulations, Mm -hmm. COVID's even amplified that. Mm -hmm. So how do we put your vision of an amateur, radical, revolutionary professional, how does that interact with the complex spaces that a lot of our listeners might be working within and, and might now be going, oh, that's great, but I've got to earn a living and I'm just... Not push. I'm just really curious. Yeah, well, I, I think it's about, first of all, putting vocation over profession. That's primary and secondary. So it's not about the disregard for the profession. Yeah, so... It just needs to be subordinate to something greater than itself. So we just don't serve ourselves. And we've got to have this sense of vocation where we have now been equipped, we have these competencies, and we need to... Um, Put them at the service of the people that we're with. In our community context, we've got this saying that place of the expert is not on top, but on tap. We've yes. got to see ourselves in, a, in an auxiliary support role to the people we're with. Now, often we work in agencies or organisations um, for employment to generate income and so on. I think there are things we can do within those organisations uh, to actually live that out. Yeah. And I think there are things that we can do alongside those organisations that we can't do within those organisations. Yeah. So in, I often in talk, our life, in our yeah, family, yeah, in our so, neighbourhoods. So I often talk to people about doing formal work in the agency that you're working with and doing informal work alongside it. Yeah. Now, to maintain our integrity within the systems that we're a part of, I believe all of us should have a bottom non-negotiable line yeah. Beyond which we will not go to compromise with the system. We've got to be. There's a point where we are beyond which we're prepared. We've got to be willing to be fired or shot. If we're not prepared to let go of that position or power in order to uh, be a part of an agency or an organisation, we will never be free to be a true vocational professional. Yes, yeah, I hear that. So we yeah. everybody has to work out what that means for them themselves. I can't dictate what that yes. means for you, yeah. but everybody has to have a bottom line. Uh, that's non-negotiable, so they can compromise and fairly up to that point, but not compromise beyond that. Yes. That's how you keep your soul while you're part of the system. Yeah, yeah. So that critical reflection on, on your own values, your yeah, sense of integrity, and probably with some support of other comrades. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, it's never so an individualistic not, yeah. thing. So you, yeah. you're constantly doing your own personal reflection. You're constantly... 
talking with other people who are close enough to you to see how you're becoming co-opted by the system and can challenge you about your own contradictions that you have a vested interest in not seeing yourself. Yeah, yeah. Look, Dave, that has been very helpful and I, I really hope it's, um, I was going to say triggered, um, you know, it's it's gets the, our listeners thinking about the place they work, their sense of fidelity to this vocation. Yeah, so uh, the book Down Under is particularly relevant yeah. for that. So I, I'll, I'll put the, the reference for that mm. into the script and we'll end that now and and we'll our next episode i think we're gonna you, you talked about the, those concentric circles family extended family neighborhood right up to those who might be our enemies so let, let's have a talk about that one okay, okay? yeah thank you dave